welcome back to this week's episode of the Mike the Gardener Gardening Podcast, sponsored as always by those rather lovely people at Natural Grower. Now, Natural Grower supply plant-based products for both organic and chemical-free gardening and your houseplants. They're absolutely crammed with certified organic growing power. And if you're looking for amazing results with all of your fruit and veg, your flower beds and houseplants, then Natural Growers award-winning certified organic peat-free compost and fertilizer are the very best you can buy. And your plants and gardens will love you for using it. All products are certified organic. They're 100% chemical-free and 100% peat-free. And those rather lovely people at Natural Grower have given me an exclusive 15% discount off all products for my listeners. Just pop MIC15 into the apply coupon field when you check out. Hello there and welcome to series 6 of the Mike the Gardener Gardening Podcast. Series 6, how on earth has that happened? Doesn't time fly when you're really enjoying yourself? Now, before we get started in earnest, a few housekeeping notes, if you will, just to let you know what's going to be happening in this series. And I also need to tell you about a tiny little change I've made to the name of the podcast. Well, when I started the podcast, I was looking for something quirky, something a little bit different. And so I came up with Mike the Gardener with Mike spelt M-I-C, as in microphone, miking up the gardener. And that's been fine, but people who've got to know me through the podcast have been sending me messages addressing me as Mick, Mick the gardener. Now, I've never really been a Mick. (laughs) I've always been Mike. So I've changed the name of the podcast to rule out any confusion and to match everything else I do on social media and on Substack to Mike the Gardener. Mike, M-I-K-E. That's who I am after all. So now it's the Mike the Gardener Gardening Podcast and I have a new email address which is Mike the Gardener Podcast at gmail.com. Mike the Gardener Podcast as one word at gmail.com. And if you want to contact me, send a message, have some suggestions for guests or feedback, good and bad, I'll take it all, then you can message me through the email or you can contact me directly via my Instagram account where I am Mike underscore the gardener. And as you know, I really do love hearing from you with all of your comments, your suggestions, your feedback, or perhaps just popping on to say hello or to ask a gardening question. Now, the other thing that's going to be new in this series is a new co-host. My new co-host will be appearing alongside me from time to time. So without further ado, let me introduce him to you. So we are here. We are sat in Otis's garden. Now, you all know Otis because Otis joins us on the slot from the plot. And I was sat thinking about Series 6 and thinking, what can we do? And I thought, I know who we can invite along to come and have a chat. So occasionally, Otis will be coming along 
There's not going to be so many slot from the plots, obviously, as we go into the autumn and winter. So Otis is going to come along and we are going to have a chat about all things gardening, all things plants. And I thought today we'd start by getting to know Otis a little bit more. So Otis is sat with me. We're sat in the garden. It's probably been the hottest day of the year. Welcome to the podcast again. Well, you're not just sat in my garden, are you, darling? What do you mean I'm not just sat in the garden? You're sat in my egg chair, darling. Oh, yes, I'm sat in the egg chair that I would have loved to have had in my own garden, but I haven't. And so I'm sat in this lovely double egg chair with Mr Scadding. So the first thing I want to ask you is, what is your very first memory of gardening? It's when I was shipped away as a child to my grandparents at the weekends when all my other brothers played football. And my nan was a preschool teacher and um so we did a lot of crafts and everything because i like a lot of that kind of stuff as well but um also I used to then help my granddad earn myself some pocket money in the garden so then my nan got me into the vegetable growing with her and then my granddad got me up trees well not up trees but up, <laughs> up, up at that age very large shrubs um cutting down things so what you're talking like climbing a forsythia no, a boxers. <laughs> no. Things like, I just remember like the first thing I ever like pruned is like a, I loved doing it. Every year it was like, oh, it's just going to be again cutting it down like a crazy thing. These um, buddlies. I just love cutting buddlies down. So how old were you when you were doing this? Is when I, I suppose when I was at secondary school really, and um, oh no, and primary school, end of primary school. So about seven, eight maybe, or a bit older. Around then, yeah, that's when I, yeah, around seven, yeah. So it was your your grandparents that sort of started you sort of gardening and growing? It was, yes, and they've always said, you know, you've got to work, work for yourself because they had a, um, a family business. They said, oh, you know, you could always have your own business, all this kind of thing, which I have now, but I've mm. had different things I've done since I've been doing this. But, um, yeah, no, so since then. And then also my um, other side of the family, my mum's brother martin he's um a horticulturist and um yeah so i always got influence on that side of the family as well so let's give a shout out for martin so martin works at groves in bridport and what does he do there he um he's a plantsman there but he mainly looks after their growing of their roses which is around eight thousand, i believe so we know this stuff when it comes to roses martin's pretty sort of keyed up and all yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give him too much of a get a big get a big head, wouldn't he? Oh yeah, that's true. He's, he's, his knowledge is okay, isn't it? It's okay. So you started gardening with your grandparents. So then, what happened next? Did you did you go to study or? Yeah, I went to Kingston Moorwood in. Oh, so did I. Probably about a hundred years before you, though. Was it called Kingston Moorwood then? It was called Ye Olde Kingston Moorwood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was there for, um, I don't know, it must have been three years. So, yeah, did my level two and three and extended courses. So, yes. So, level two and three in, in horticulture. horticulture? Yeah, and there was like garden design. Then you have to do the bit of the boring stuff, a bit like on the farming side of things at first. But then that um, disappeared when you went into level three, when you would just concentrate on horticulture itself and garden design and things like that. So when you were doing the course, did you know what you wanted to do? Did you have an idea of where you wanted to go? Yes, I always wanted to do the maintenance and like design side of things, which I want to push more, the, like the design side of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's where I wanted to be, I think. And possibly in the future, I don't know what happens. Maybe your own little plant supply kind of thing. Like a little nursery maybe, or...? 
little nursery or you know supply for designs and stuff like that okay so you were at kingston moorwood you got your qualifications what happened and what were you doing were you working while you were at kingston moorwood or were you just studying when i was at kingston moorwood i was at groves and bridport i was there for a few years with uncle martin with uncle martin i started as a before i went to college as a weekend person going in watering and everything um and then I started, oh, can I please put some plants out for sale? And then they offered me a few more days. And then they offered me my apprenticeship course, which I did for a few years. So that was um good as well. That was obviously before my level three. That was level two. It was an apprentice course. So you were at um, Groves and then you went to Kingston Moorwood as part of the apprentice. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think I went when it was the apprentice, I either went in for one or two days a week to the college and then the rest they came and I was saw you at and saw you at the, the, your placement which was Groves which I was very lucky because I did like nursery work growing and all that kind of thing then I also did the retail side of things with displays putting plants out and also talking to customers and advising people so did you learn a lot actually working on a nursery because I always think that if you're working with plants day in day out serving customers you really need to or you really get to know your stuff oh yeah you do know yeah definitely 100% you learn so much on the nursery because you actually you have a bit more care about what you're selling well I, in that case we're selling because you've grown it you cherished it you know exactly what it's needed all the year that you've been growing it to mm. tell people how to look after it going forward so from Groves how long were you at Groves? I want to say four it was all because it was part time full time that kind of thing it yeah. kind of varied quite a bit yeah, so around, I'd say, four to five years-ish. I don't know, I don't know, something like that. Okay, so, God, for someone, for someone so young, you've got a bad memory. It's me supposed to have the bad memory. We won't, you, we won't go into that. <laughs> no, we better not. So when you finished at Groves, then, what happened then? You finished the course at Kingston Moorwood, then what happened at Groves? I, because we were on finishing college, I met my partner, and... um which lived in Bournemouth so I um you know choose whether we wanted to stay down there where there wasn't as many opportunities yeah. so we've come up this way well actually that's a there's another when I was on on my level three course I actually they part of it they wanted you to trial your placement at another place mm-hmm. which was a nursery here in um Wimborne Ferndown area which is a wholesale nursery where I was a nursery person growing stuff and then eventually became the um, dispatch supervisor in the like dispatching to garden centres and people. So I dealt with things like that, and also down anything down to ordering plants in to sell, and ordering young plants to grow on kind of thing. And that is of course where we first met. That is where we first met when I sold you that Circe's Forest Pansy, which is now not very well. <laughs> yeah, I had, there was a lovely Circe's Forest Pansy on the nursery and I looked at it. It was quite a big specimen and I looked at the size of my van. It was quite a small van. Uh, but Otis came along and said, oh, it will go in. We'll get it in <laughs> and proceeded to shove the Circe's in the back of my van. <laughs> and of course it did go in just, but it was all, the ends of the branches were like, twirling around the end of the van of the bulkhead uh, but yeah it it lasted quite as ruby falls wasn't it? that's why it fell down on the end <laughs> it was actually forest pansy <laughs> yeah you're a pansy <laughs> <laughs> 
so moving on then so yeah so you've got that um, part of my life (laughs) working there actually oh i hadn't forgotten about that part of your life so i left left there after um having some difficult times with my um depression and anxiety and stuff like that and um other reasons but i had an amazing time while i was there um then i went off to become self-employed as doing garden maintenance and i've done a few design work since then as well so yeah that's where i am now so how long have you been doing the garden design and maintenance? I think I'm on my fifth year, my sixth year, something like that. God, five years? That's ridiculous. Where's the time <laughs> yes. So how how do you find that? So you, you went from having, like, being managed on the nursery to setting up your own business. How is it? Because that's a big step to take to set up your own business and be responsible for getting customers, doing your paperwork, getting uh, marketing the business, buying plants. I think I like being brought up in a family where it's all been self- they've had self-employed businesses. You obviously you see stuff when you're growing up and everything. To drive top by my um grandparents and my parents like have your own business, you'll be all right, all that kind of thing. So I pushed myself and picked up just a few like family friends garden well ben's family's friends gardens up here and then it just escalated to something like 50 gardens kind of thing and then mm. i've had to scale it back a little bit because i was because you're going from being all secure having an income and then going to oh my god you don't know if you can have an income the next day you take on as much as you can but then that also burnt me out at first as well so yeah and you mentioned your depression and anxiety so how does how does doing your job now does that help with that because we all talk about it oh sort of like gardening and being sort of like outside it really helps with anxiety and depression but from your perspective what's it like it's helped and it helps more i do work alongside yourself and peter on certain days of the week which helps more I used to do why does why does that help? I, I think I know why. Because when I used to garden on my own, I found it quite lonely at times. It gets very lonely if you haven't got gardens on the days that you do work on your own. If you haven't got like big projects to get your teeth into, it gives you too much time to process things and think about things. Yeah, I used to find I used to do one garden on a Monday morning. It was five hours, and. Yeah, five hours is a lot of time to spend on your own. Like say, if you've got a big project to get your teeth into, it's it's fine. I used to bring the radio along, and Ken Bruce and Zoe Ball and Jeremy Vine. Huh? Who's Ken Bruce? (laughs) (laughs) You're far too young. But they sort of like became my friends almost. It was kept me sane because I could listen to the radio, and it helped pass the time. But yeah, working on your own day in day out, it it can be difficult at times, can't it? you can do it but you need to have the variety of work which Mm. i was doing then then because there was a lot of gardens having more projects because you're just taking them on i think and then when it becomes more just maintenance that's when it became a bit more of a problem probably so in the time that i've known you and i've worked alongside you um what part of the job do you enjoy the most i know what you're going to say but i want to ask you what, what part of the job do you get the most satisfaction from i get working with me you get quite a lot of cake and tea and coffee. <laughs> Actually, it is. It's like you go. To, I mean, you might do an hour at each at each garden, and generally, I mean, we we have some lovely customers, and the first thing they'll say is, 
Would you like some cake? Would you like a cup of tea? By the fourth one, you're like, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Got number seven today. (laughs) Yeah, when you get to the end of the day and you've had like seven cups of coffee and seven pieces of cake. (laughs) Oh, dear. What do you you enjoy about the job most? I like going in and creating, like, and designing bits. Basically go in and say, oh, you know, you could do something amazing with this area and, yeah. And then actually doing it and seeing the finishing result of it and seeing it mature sometimes as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I've done the maintenance side of things, but and working alongside you every other Wednesday is great just to keep your hands in and say, you've done some big planting jobs. That's That's got to be said. Some of the jobs you've done have been quite big, really. I know, there's been quite a few. There's been quite a few lately, and yeah, there has been. And there's a few more that I've got lined up in the Bournemouth area, which is going to be a, a began planting cottage design so that's quite exciting oh of course yeah now that's so does that worry you do you do you worry about plants and sort of like what you need to get i mean you know your plants really well it it, I, it has to be said no it doesn't that doesn't bother me at all actually no no that doesn't worry me um i get worried when people don't water them <laughs> and i get all the matches oh this is dying <laughs> Yeah, it's very difficult, isn't it? Because you you buy plants, people spend... I mean, plants aren't cheap, really. And you actually spend a lot of money for clients and then they don't water plants. It's really... It's almost soul-destroying when you go back. I I planted this lovely chocolate cosmos for a customer. She spent about £16 on it. And I just thought, it's just not going to be alive when I come next. And sure enough, two weeks later, went there. Where's the chocolate cosmos? gone it died because you didn't water it so yeah that's tough yeah it, that, that is what is the challenging part of it all but you know all jobs have their bits like that don't they yeah yeah ups and downs of every job so where where would you like to be what what's the future for for your business you're you're still young you've got the whole whole garden ahead possibly go into more the design going in and creating a garden space for a client and then get moving on to the next one like that not necessarily continuing the maintenance so we had a little pause then because ben and peter have just arrived and we're obviously waiting to have our lovely chinese takeaway so where do we, where did we get to we were talking about what's in the future for you what do you want to do so um some more sort of designy planty sort of work yeah that's more the kind of avenue i'd like to go down i would i would love one day to have my own little shop or something just selling plants and garden things and maybe a place for people to come and have it, get advice and have their design like consultations and that could be drawn up whether i actually did the job the design could be done for them kind of thing and they could get a landscaper in or whatever um so what about the paperwork side of things because i think sort of like it's very good having the knowledge of plants and being able to design and work with sort of like setting a style for a garden or designing it what about the paperwork the invoicing how do you find that side of things I love it. Actually, you're very good at it. You're very organised. <laughs> I want the money in my bank, do I? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you do. And I think that's the thing, because a lot of people are really good. They have a no- they have knowledge and skills about a particular thing, but then they don't know how to run a business. But you're quite... It grieves me to say this. You're very good at running a business. I, I did do it for the first three or four years with, um, you know, hard copy paperwork and everything. And it was becoming such a chore. And then you do slip by and you go... Oh, at the end of the week, oh my God, what do I do all week? What have I sold and what have I done hour-wise and everything? But now I've got this um, invoice and app. Literally, you put all your expenditure on it, 
you invoice your customer literally as you go out the door or you could do it at the end of the day or mm. whatever at the end of the week but it just makes it so easy you actually come home and you can switch off you ain't got to think about paperwork yeah because you've done it during the course of the day and that's the nice thing with technology you don't have to worry about going home and spending hours because i used to spend hours doing word documents to do invoices which you've done a seven eight nine ten hour day sometimes in the summer and then you've got to go home and do your paperwork no that's what i was doing at first and it was just becoming a chore well in the end i felt i was it was getting away with me a little bit so when i done this it's worth every penny you paid like a monthly subscription kind of thing then at the end of the year you just you obviously download it or whatever it is to the account accountant and they have access to it and it's all straightforward all sorted for yeah, you all face sorted so that's the business side of things we're sat in your garden now and you've been here for how many years now three years in february march time next year so tell us about your own garden i mean i mean i've seen i've seen your taste sort of change but what sort of plants do you love what in your ideal garden and you've got a beautiful garden here it's it's literally growing up around us what sort of plants do you like what do you get turned on by i get turned on by plants don't forget plants i was about to say big things that get quite (laughs) tall like the lobelia tupa in front of us yeah i mean that's that's the one thing sat here in the egg chair you've got plants literally growing up right above you now i just love all things um i've always been more of a a large like tropical foliage guy then I started introducing colour with things like canners and stuff like that, which I'm obsessed with. Then it's just escalated a bit of things down to like Rebecca's and and I didn't ever think I'd say it dahlias. And also, um well me and Ben we both enjoy the passion of roses, so we've got quite a few roses in the garden as well. So but I find that really works the mixture between big foliage interest and the pops of colour that come through and disappear and another something else comes through really do work so you've been here three years in in february tell what was the garden like when you first came here i can remember what it was like when you first came here it was like a container ship because we inherited these green metal fence panels on two sides (laughs) and it had a big lump of grass everywhere (laughs) there's grass everywhere and about 50 abandoned flower pots chucked around the edge and now, how would you describe the garden now? Because, I mean, it's changed. It's changed sort of like almost beyond recognition, isn't it? I'd say it's now my container ship <laughs> with a jungle that's softening majority of the panels now. And I actually quite like them now because it keeps you... It makes a bit of like a microclimate because it reflects the heat back into the garden. Mm. Um, uh, yes, the ju- it's very quite jungly now. <laughs> so the the, the 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 container ship panels the containers are like a dark green so they sort of like they're not obvious and as you say there's just foliage and plants all around so you don't see them no more and also i have things like mirrors then you've got the egg chair in front of them as well a shed well a pot and shed in one corner that's um disguising them, which breaks it up and then you, lo- you lose that oh my god they're actually in a garden full of fence panels um then the circle along with boards all the way around with a seat in there at the bottom and the top can't you just it's yeah it's completely different so size wise so people have got an idea how big your garden is we're looking at each other oh, what, what, what are we going to say i think we'll it, exaggerate when it comes to that kind of thing don't we? <laughs> yeah i reckon it's the one that got away i reckon it must be 15 meters wide um or maybe not 15 maybe 
10 meters wide by about 14 meters long possibly what to measure it one day really yeah do you know people ask me what size my garden is it's like god i don't know profile right isn't it really (laughs) (laughs) so let's say then about 10 10 meters by about 15 meters so the back bit that we're sitting in is probably the 10 meters by two meters meters, yeah. yeah so you've got a nice gravel area up here um seating area and what I like, I mean, just the character, you've got the old Singer sewing machine base with a marble worktop on the top with succulents and the mirror above that. Uh, what else have we got up here? We've got, the, we got a cat eye, um, like rusty barbecue, which is um, really nice as a fire pit or the barbecue. Um, got some old painted, I, I containerize, I'm quite, you know, happy to use most things, terracotta pots, down to glazed pots, down to old buckets. Also down to the old um, metal bathtubs that people used to have in their gardens, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, I like mixing modern with the old stuff, kind of thing. And like my old granddad's um, wooden sieve on the gate that we got hanging up, which I've turned into like a living wall kind of thing, I suppose. Yeah, because within that sieve you've got succulents growing and yeah. out of small terracotta pots. Yeah, no, so all that's kind of worked really well. And it's just evolved over the last three years, to be honest. I'll, we'll take some pictures and we'll put them on the on the podcast notes. Um, you've got the arch, which was expertly put up by myself. I don't think we're going to that right now. No, we made that because it's coming loose, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but then again, off the arch, you've got one of the old yellow street lights with the orange sort of glass in the middle, which is, it just gives it character, doesn't it? Old roadwork light there, yeah. yeah. And also, there's things like you get clients chucking away things like old, like that there, you've got an old bear or some description where it came from i love all that kind of thing and bird feeders hanging on it and in front of us we've got the murray and shandon um crate wooden crate again with like the is that like a marble, marble worktop yeah. on that with just plants like reuse it it's like customers are chucking these two pieces of marble away into a skip and i'm like oh, we can't do that so i bring it home <laughs> Yeah, it's just and and the lights you got the garden lights going around as well, which was, is also lovely. And well, we haven't really had a summer this year, have yeah, we? It's been pretty summer. bad <laughs> apart from today. And then just looking through, I can see you got the hardy bananas. Now, that really, I mean, those bananas must be what twelve, more twelve foot, three meters. Yeah, yeah twelve foot, yeah. three meters tall. Just incredible. Which um, what I love is next door. I've got two of my favorite plants on their boundary to me which is they got wooden fence bounds but they come above that is the fig i love fig plants mm. and a lot of people don't like them but to be honest i would have, if I, they want one there i would have had one and also a fatsy chaponica down the base the bottom down there which is it looks like it's all part of my border doesn't it yeah it makes your garden go from just from like 10 meters to sort of like 13 yeah. meters because you've got next year next year's next door's garden sort of like almost becomes your garden so we're down to like the borrowed landscape kind of thing isn't it but also the only problem is when it's a borrowed landscape i seem to have to look after it <laughs> <laughs> yeah be careful what you wish for never but it's a, still never be a gardener you end up gardening your own garden and then or every house next door to you <laughs> <laughs> and do you find that people will come to you and say can i ask you a question about gardening i've got a plant and you'll say yes it's green Yes, I need a little bit more than <laughs> yes, it's green. Yes. Oh dear. <laughs> so let's have a little wander around the garden then, just before we carry on. So we've grabbed in the seating area now, uh, which we've decided. So it's gravel sort of floor here, uh, and it's sleepers holding back the gravels because it drops down. So as we go into the garden, then what else have we got? 
we go we go down through some stepping stones through the like circular border around the lawn from the top area which then you go down onto the lawn area come on down we're just walking through underneath the arch that is falling down yes <laughs> mind your head on the washing line you know oh yeah 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 you have to do washing you know <laughs> <laughs> So right in front of us. So we're looking now oh, back to stink, where we were. You? Sorry? You do stink, don't you? Oh, God. That's rude. I actually sprayed before I came out today. Well, that sounds rude as well, doesn't it? <laughs> right. So we're looking back from the from the grass to where we were sat. So well, we got the Lobelia Tupa. got a Lobelia Tupa. you got a Circus Forest Pansy. In there. Yeah, and yours is alive. It's alive this year. It didn't last year. Though, actually, yeah, because yours died last year. Oh, died back and you cut it back so that's what i've done with mine so yeah circus forest pansy and then you've got a mixture of things and you've got um melianthus um what else have we got in here canners euphorbia penstemons roses um sangrasorba what's that one called pink pink brushes pink brushes uh, quite a lot of salvies which i'm i've lost labels on those so but they're in here got philictrum that finished now which is um quite a tall one but i've cut that back by half now because it was going to seed just mm. to let other things have a bit more space to grow then you've got the lovely um persecare is it red dragon is it red dragon yeah which i just i love i've cut actually all of them back by that one because they were getting too big well that was at the back of the board and the reason i haven't cut it back a bit is um because i can't get to it now that's the see the strange thing i always think is you've got a really good heavy soil here so things do really really well like your bananas say they must be three meters at least but then I'm surprised because what was I looking at just then? I thought, actually, yeah, your sanguisorba, your pink brushes, whereas your stuff is usually a lot bigger than mine, mm. my sanguisorba pink brushes are probably twice the size of that. But those are, yeah, so maybe it's just the soil and how much light they get. Quite shaded down. We got quite a shade, well, it's north facing garden, but we do get quite a bit of sun at the top. Yeah, is it? Yeah, that's, I agree. Some things do seem a bit, whoa, jungly. This is the worst corner, though. Yeah, so whenever we come out to Otis's garden, we sort of like we always have a look around, and you always say this is the corner that I I least like. I think it looks okay at the moment, actually. At the, at the moment, it looks fine. You've got some tall Rebecca coming up through it, Verbena and stuff like that. But it's, it's it seems everywhere else they so rich and moist and everything. This top corner, which I actually would think it would be the moister side, um, drier side, moister side. side. It just seems I don't know, very difficult. I don't know what's there. I mean, it looks fine. It does now. It's, you know, you're you're looking at it and saying it's not good, but it is. It's still really good. So we've got the hardy bananas. Yeah, and a plant of a Rebecca and um, Eupatorium atropoprium there. Um, what's the... Uh, Maclea. Maclea. I absolutely love Maclea. It also loves my garden. It seems to be popping up everywhere and I'm starting to pull it up already. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a nice plant to have scrambling around, though. Um, you've got Actia chocolate in there. Um clariodendron pink diamond which is um in flowering now which has got the lovely um green and variegated leaf which i know michael doesn't like variegated plants well actually no i i, I don't like loud variegation but that's quite subtle that's just cream on the edges and i love the flowers on that clariodendron they're just the bees just love it but also is a plant that maybe i'd say you want to contain in a sunken pot going forward if i had to grow it again but then, like me, I mean, I love it when plants sort of travel and scramble through each other. It does look... Yeah, but it's been coming up in the lawn. Okay, well, that's a bit awkward, isn't it? Came. Right, okay. <laughs> so right in front of us then... 
we have the Circus and is it internal flame? Internal flame, yeah. Absolutely beautiful, which actually you and Peter both kindly bought me. My pleasure. But it is in a pot there. I'm not sure if I'm planting it. I don't want it to be planted and be lost kind of thing. So um, we've got the witch hazel behind it. It's all very full. <laughs> and then as we come round, in the front there's... We've got um, Ilex granata balls going with um, like Brunneras growing behind it and some anemone. I think it's some um, Sylvestris, I think. Yeah. Um, which have sadly finished now also. We've got two lovely um, rusty metal obelisks in the garden, which have two. They've been, well, amazing the clematis which will now have to be pruned back soon i mean the clematis i have to say that is i just wish i could grow clematis like that they they don't like my sandy soil but they do love your soil oh, they're just crazy I, just, I, I don't even know which ones they are i just literally cut them back mm. and they just grow up through everything again which is yeah really good persicaria yeah got persicaria there do you know which one that is it's that lovely lime green um foliage with the pinky flowers no but that's another um good thing about working for these different gardens you do get given lovely little cuttings and things given to you so and do you find when you go to the garden center or the trade nursery to buy plants for other people don't you always come away with like almost as many for yourself as you buy for them yeah and so does the bank account know about it <laughs> yeah that well that's yeah that's a downside so right in front of us then we've got the lovely tree fern which came from the previous garden yeah, we've moved that here, which is, I'm really settled in now. It's in the ground now as, instead of a pot, mm. which is better. And we've actually got a Sambucus black lace that's like grown around it, which is then threaded through with a um, clematis, which we, well, we can't remember which name it was now, can we? It's not Diana, but it no, it's sort like of, Diana. it's not Diana, but it's got that, it's a, uh, and is it an Alpina? And it's got a lovely sort of burgundy flower. But I love the way that your Sambucus, as you say, it's just really wrapped itself around the trunk of the tree fern. Uh, and then there's a little pathway to the back of the house. And then just the last half of the garden then. You've got, well, throughout the garden, we've got quite a few aces in pots. There's also um, Acer, is it Senkaki, the red one? yeah i think so yeah yeah that that's the one that's there and it's really um taken off actually a lot of people go why are you pruning all the wispy growth off well i want it the high windows i want it to go up yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that's what's happening um which we've just got a mixture of shady plants we've got dicentras in there we've got the um spotty dotty over there um regersia pinata um geraniums lirio muscarii Hostas, I mean, there's literally there's, there's hardly any room for anything else. So then we come around a little bit more. So we're now on the other side. Um, we've got Salvia Amistad. Yes, um, I think is it Amistad or is it black and blue? Might I think be. it's Amistad. Oh, it might be. I'm not sure. I, th I think cause, well, yeah. What well, is the Salvia? It's a lovely one. <laughs> it's, it's a really lovely purple Salvia with got, the. Um, oh, this is nice. Um, this is. Um, a ginger lily called white feather we bought it from a tropical nursery it says minus down to minus 15 i thought oh i don't know i saw we get, well our bottom half of our garden does actually sometimes go underwater because we are at the bottom of the estate and you get a lot of water here and i don't know how that's come up like that it's actually quite hidden actually it's strange because we've had this conversation yeah. the area of your garden at the bottom which is wet and cold and things like a ginger which really shouldn't and live here and the salvia I've come back. I've come back, so... At the top end, in the sunnier part, and in the front garden, which is south-facing, with ginger lilies and salvias, none of them come back. 
I'm going to this like that the plants don't read the books, do they? No, they don't. <laughs> um, over here you've got um, Alstomeria. I can't remember which one. Indian Summer. That's the one. Um, Allium Millennium, which has done absolutely amazing. Yeah. It's just finished now. And in here also there's things that are not doing their thing at the moment. You've got like Magnolia Stellata, Calia Carpa, White Profusion. And then we also got a rescue plant here from one of the nurseries that Ben works at, which is a olive on a spiral stem, which actually desperately needs shaping. It, but it's it's bounced back, it bounced isn't back it? It really has, because when it first went in, it was a little bit sorry for itself. It was, definitely. And um, there's one rose at the back, we're not sure what it's called, um, which is just finishing its second flush, which was the only plant that was here in the ground in the whole garden. So, so that's the only remaining original? Only original thing here. Um, then you've got the Acer Drummondii tree and the Circe Defilum tree. So, I mean, it's packed. It really, I mean, you're planting similar to mine. There's not room for, there's no room for weeds because it's packed in so densely. Oh, you, don't, you don't do it. A lot of people say, oh God, you must have so much maintenance to do. There really isn't when naturally it's like this because there's no room for any weeds. <laughs> so the front garden, so the back garden's north facing, obviously the front garden's south facing. So tell us about the front garden, what's in your front garden? Because again, it's similar, but it's different. It's similar, different. At the back, I've got things like red bananas, Abyssinian bananas in pots. And at the front, I've got them in the ground. They've actually overwintered in the ground out the front. Um, so I've got those there. I've got salvias. Um, what else is there? There's roses out there as well, cannas. Um, Dahlias, you've got some dahlias There's out the dahlias front. Dahlias out there. There's echinaceas out there. Penstemons. Penstemons out there. Salvia out there. Yeah, there's loads out there. <laughs> so it's a, I mean, it's a, a full-time commitment. You've got a, a lot of plants, and then you've got the patio area outside the back of the house. Climbing up the house with um old, what's they gutter hoppers or whatever they're called. Yeah, uh, so, gutter drain hopper yeah. hops, hoppers or hops, hoppers, hoppers, I guess. hoppers. <laughs> <laughs> so they're painted um black, which have come from family members, um, great great grandparents. So they're on the house and planted up as wall planters. So, and yeah. you've got like ferns and begonias and hostas. Ben's got a wallamy pine there that we got in a pot growing away. Um, yeah, loads of aces, and then also just to join things in with like the ilex canata balls that we got dotted around in the circular border. We got them then in two old um, metal urns on the patio down there so it just links things together a little bit when you first came here three years almost three years ago did you ever imagine did you have an idea of what you wanted the garden to look like or has it evolved or no this is probably actually what i thought it was going to be to be completely honest is it it is the only other thing thing that was going to be different it was going to be a square lawn not a circle lawn and are you pleased with the circle I am very pleased with the circle, yeah. Because the lawn is probably, what, one, two, maybe th three, metres by three, metres, three metres by three metres. So you've got plenty of Space. planting around it. Yeah. And it's, it's just right, man. I don't think I'll be allowed to get make this lawn any smaller. There was talks of a centre border in the middle of it, but... Oh, don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> let's, let's, um, let's leave that there. So, so that's a little bit more about Otis. So... Going forward, um, we're still going to have, I'm still going to do the interviews. I'm still going to be talking to different people. I've got some head gardeners to speak to, got some gardening personalities, some plants, men and women. But Otis and I are going to get together frequently as well in our respective gardens to talk about what jobs we're doing. You've got a respective garden? 
Yeah, you have. I think so. You have, yeah. I think you can see how this is going to shape up. I want my Chinese now. (laughs) Yeah, we've got a Chinese takeaway, so we're going to wrap things up really, really quickly here. Do join us in the weeks ahead. Next week, I have got Roz Chandler, who is Fieldgate Flowers on Instagram. She'll be coming to have a chat with me about cut flowers. So, and, and of course, you are... You have your own allotment with some cut flowers on as well. We do indeed, and they're absolutely everywhere, all over the house, cut flowers, <laughs> every vase possible. <laughs> and you've got, I mean, I don't don't know what size the allotment is, but it's a, a regular size or a half-sized allotment. It's a half plot, which um, we do vegetable growing and, um, yeah, cut flowers um, this year. So, yeah, done really well. Well, just as a word of warning, Roz, who I'm going to be speaking to next week, she started with three raised beds and she now has five acres and supplies cut flowers all across the country. So, oh dear, (laughs) let's go and have a Chinese. See you soon, everybody. Bye. I'm delighted that Otis will be joining me periodically on the podcast And we'll be chatting about all things gardening and plants, answering your questions. And no doubt, as you've heard today, there'll be a laugh or two along the way. So do come along and join in with the gardening fun. Now, Otis and I have already talked about the next episode, which we'll be doing together, which will be spring bulbs. So join us shortly for that one, when we'll be talking about what bulbs we're buying for our own gardens, where to plant them, when to plant them, and how to get the very best from your spring bulbs. And I'm sure we'll cover a lot more alongside that as well. Now, next week, as previewed in today's episode, I'm chatting to the lovely Roz Chandler, who you'll find on Instagram as Fieldgate Flowers. So I recommend you pop over to Roz's account and have a good look at the fantastic work she's doing there. And then we will join you next week for a great chat about setting up and running a successful cut flower farm. As always, if you've enjoyed today's episode, do go and tell your friends and gardening family. And don't forget to follow and subscribe because we've got a lot more to come. Now, I'm heading off into my own garden now. So bye bye for now. Bye bye.